This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Big D Breakdown, your home for all things Dallas Cowboys news. Welcome to the Big D Breakdown. I'm your host, Larry Lease. On today's episode, we're diving into the latest news and results from around AT&T Stadium. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, In Time. If you're looking for the best place to find Dallas Cowboys tickets, then come on and check out Game Time. Use the link in the description and help support the show. And of course, we'd also like to thank Poddex. If you're a podcaster looking to grow your audience and get more engagement, come check out Poddex today at poddex.com. And be sure to use the promo code Larry21 for 10% off your order. And now on to today's first topic. Jerry Jones shoots down Antonio Brown. The Dallas Cowboys do need veteran help at wide receiver, at least to start the season. After losing Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson in the offseason, and the sitting with the fact that Michael Gallup and James Washington will be out for a number of games with injuries, the Cowboys are left with a very depleted and inexperienced wide receiver core. Jerry Jones assured fans that the young guys should be given a chance and can step up and replace the veteran talent. Most fans thought this was a terrible move. However, it was a move not nearly as bad as if the GM were to sign free agent wide receiver Antonio Brown. The sad thing about Brown is that he is a great football player. He has seven Pro Bowls, four All-Pro nods to his name. But lately he's been in the news for anything but football. The 34-year-old has brought drama, problems, and chaos to any team he's been on. The last time he played in a game, over seven months ago, he infamously took off his jersey and shoulder pads and caused a spectacle, exiting MetLife Stadium shirtless when the Buccaneers were losing to the New York Jets in Week 17. The incident ended up getting him kicked off the team. Since then, his future had been highly unknown. At first, he told the media he wouldn't get a needed ankle surgery until the team committed to him. Teams, unsurprisingly, weren't calling due to his antics. In March, he said Jerry Jones should take a chance on him. That didn't stick. Two months later, he gave an interview when he said he would not play football at all in 2022. Rumors started to swirl about a potential rap career or business endeavors for the receiver. Now, another two months later, he wants Jones' attention again. This week, he told Jones to call him, given what he knows about the current state of the Cowboys' receiving room. When Dallas fans heard about this again, most knew adding Brown would still be a massive mistake despite how desperate the Cowboys' receiver situation was becoming. The thing is that Jones has done crazier things. The man loves to make splash signings and do the unexpected simply for the shock value. The Cowboys have also signed players with questionable pests. 
many times before. As much as bringing in Brown caused chaos, you just never know with Jones. Uh, last Thursday, uh, TMZ Sports posted an article with a response from the Cowboys owner saying, quote, we're good. We want to give these young guys a real chance to make the team, Jones said. It's honestly sad to see what's happening with Brown. He truly is and was a talented football player. However, it's understandable that even teams desperate for wide receiver help would want to deal with everything that comes with a 34-year-old off the football field. And now, let us know your thoughts in the comment section below. Should we sign Antonio Brown or should we leave him on the side of the road? And before we move on, please hit that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up if you like our videos. And hit the bell notification button to be notified of future videos. And now on to our next topic. Studs and duds from week two. A long day of preseason football came to a close with the Dallas Cowboys heading to the Los Angeles Chargers for a night game at SoFi Stadium. While the home team has the lightning bolt as their logo, it was actually Dallas return man, Kevontae Turpin, who provided the electricity. His two return touchdowns helped Dallas build a big lead as they were able to walk out with a 32-18 victory. He wasn't alone when it came to solid play, which is why preseason week two has more studs than duds. First off, Israel Mikamu. He nearly had a huge tackle for a loss on Joshua Kelly on the opening drive. And while the running back got away from the second year safety, he still ended up gaining just one yard thanks to the penetration. Then on the very next play, he was about to haul in a deep pass intended for Chargers wideout Josh Palmer. There was some pressure on the play from Dante Fowler, which forced Easton Stick, who overthrew his target. His solid play continued when he broke up a third down pass to Jason Moore. After getting past Kelvin Joseph, Moore had to reach for a pass that was slightly high, but he looked ready to pull it in. That was until Mikamu delivered a hit that knocked the ball out of the wideout's hands. And a dud, Josh Ball, offensive tackle. The first drive saw offensive tackle Josh Ball get destroyed on a pass rush by Chris Rumpf. He also struggled to set the edge on a second quarter run where Rico Dowdle went for 15 yards. The running back had to maneuver away from the edge defender before breaking off the long run. Dallas is banking on Ball to be the swing tackle, but so far he has struggled and has to be worrisome since he has yet to go against any legitimate starters. Next up, stud, Tristan Hill. Tristan Hill hasn't been a popular player since joining Dallas in 2019, but he might be turning a corner finally. The third-year defensive tackle made headlines for all the wrong reasons. He struggled with durability for his first two years in the league. While we don't know if he will make it through the entire season healthy, it's plain to see Hill is playing with more confidence this season. He had three tackles on the night and continued to push the pocket. However, it was his play right before the half that really stood out. Following Turpin's second touchdown, Hill was able to knock the ball out of Stick's hands. The, the strip sack wasn't enough as he also recovered the fumble, sending Dallas up on their own 15-yard line. Already up 22-10, Hill's play allowed Davis to run into touchdown and go up by 19 heading into the break. And now for your next stud, Jake Ferguson. 
Anyone who's upset at the Cowboys for not extending Dalton Schultz just needs to watch Jake Ferguson play. The rookie from Wisconsin already looks ready to make some noise as he's put together two straight solid games. On Saturday, he caught a two-point conversion from Cooper Rush. He added two other receptions for 29 yards, including an impressive 24-yarder in the second quarter. Schultz is playing on the franchise tag, and there's a real chance Ferguson takes over for him next year. And if this preseason is indication, he will do just fine. And now, stun Rico Dowell. Undrafted out of South Carolina in 2020, Rico spent the majority of his rookie season inactive and never made it to the field. In 2021, he was able to suit up for 15 games, but played mostly on special teams, finishing with just 24 yards on seven carries. So far in this preseason, though, he's making a case for more opportunities. After gaining 36 yards on nine carries against Denver, he had 44 yards and a touchdown on 13 carries and added an eight-yard reception as well. The longest run of the night for Dowdle was a 15-yarder, which came on the same drive where he punched it in for six. And now you're done, Jalen Tolbert. Tolbert is someone Dallas really wants to see find success. In week one, he had just two receptions for 10 yards on seven targets. This week, he was better with 25 yards on two catches, but should have been able to pull in all four of his targets. The rookie dropped a pass on third and nine, and while there was tight coverage, those are the passes he needs to pull down. After that, it looked like he had a touchdown, but didn't get his right foot down in bounds. Dallas then needed a fourth down conversion to keep that drive alive, which ended with a Dowdle touchdown, but it should have ended on that second down pass. Stud, of course, we got to mention Cavante Turpin. When the Cowboys signed Cavante Turpin this summer, it was expected that he would have a shot at making the team as a return specialist. Turpin, who was the USFL MVP, made one play after another for the New Jersey Generals, thanks to his incredible speed and shiftiness. While he didn't get a real chance to show this off against Denver, he made, it, he made up for it with his first touch on Saturday night. Right after the Chargers scored on a short field goal to take it 3-0, Turpin exploded for a 98-yard touchdown on the kick return. Turpin wasn't done there either. He got another shot with roughly a minute to go until the half, and this time he took a punt 72 yards to the house after sidestepping one defender that nearly stopped him as soon as he caught it. To top things off, he also took a double reverse and ran seven yards, which was also impressive since it appeared there was nothing there when he first got the ball. And finally, our dud, Braylon Jones. Backup guard, Braylon Jones had a game to forget. The second-year lineman was called for holding on the second play of the third quarter, which negated an 11-yard run by Malik Davis. And an incomplete pass from Will Dreyer followed, and the Cowboys were suddenly facing a third and 14. But then Jones was hit with another flag. This time, it was a false start as he forced the offense into a third and 19, which led them to running the ball to set up a point. Outside of Connor McGovern, it feels like every reserve spot for the interior of the line is open, and Jones put himself behind some of the other players with his struggles. Let us know in the comments section below, is there somebody we missed that we should have included in our studs and duds report from week two? But now we're going to dive into our key takeaways 
from the preseason game versus the Chargers. Somehow we are over halfway done with the preseason and under three weeks away from the Dallas Cowboys opening matchup with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Things are moving rather quickly. The NFL moved away from the standard for preseason game schedule. So Friday's matchup against Seattle will conclude the warm-up for Dallas. Many things still remain in question. Fortunately, Week 2 gave us some much-needed answers and sneak peeks into how the regular season could play out for the Cowboys. Major personnel decisions on special teams, the secondary, and the wide receiver room can be much, much more easily now because of what we saw in Los Angeles. Dallas has already started the process of cutting the roster down and shaping it based on some of the key moments from the game. Clearly, the Cowboys learned a lot from their matchup with the Chargers, and let's dive into some of those things. Number one, Devontae Turpin is the real deal. Like we previously discussed, it was an explosive night for the former USFL star. He ended the game with two special teams touchdowns, a kick return from 98 yards, and a punt return from 86 yards. The box score stats are obviously impressive, but what he showed on the field was the most electrifying part. Turpin has elite speed, acceleration, and vision as a returner. And we can't forget about his ability as a receiver either. Surely, if there was any leftover confusion or debate about who Dallas should have returning kicks, that talk is over. Turpin solidified his spot on the 53-man roster and will be the premier man for the Cowboys in the return game, giving Lamb and Pollard some rest time. With Gallup expected to miss time and a lack of overall wide receiver depth, should be a surprise to no one if Kellen Moore tried to u- <clears throat> excuse me tries to utilize Turpin's track star speed on offense as well. It sure was a big week for the former TCU Horn Frog. Next up is who should win the quarterback two job. It was a lackluster night for longtime backup Cooper Rush. He played it safe and pedestrian and was never able to truly elevate his performance. Will Greyer, a former third-round pick of the Panthers, showcased his big arm strength, guts, and athleticism. Greyer has earned the job throughout training camp and into the preseason, while Rush has either struggled or looked quite mundane in the two preseason games. The problems Greyer will face is the fact that Rush won a regular season game last year and is more familiar, comfortable, and experienced than any quarterback not named Dak Prescott. It is no secret that Greer gives the Cowboys a much higher ceiling if a quarterback two is needed during the regular season. The organization will find it hard to have an excuse to pass up a strong arm, athletic, talented backup like Greer. Greer is aggressive and on the hunt for big plays, something we cannot say for Rush, for better or for worse. The big playability and persona of Greer seems to have piqued Mike McCarthy's interest. Next up. Dallas has some young studs at safety. In 2021, the Cowboys drafted Charlotte, North Carolina native Israel Makumu in the sixth round of the draft. 16 months later, that pick seems to be working out pretty well. Both him and undrafted rookie Marquise Bell have shined throughout training camp and again against the Chargers. Bell led the entire defense in tackles, played physically, and used his ridiculous length as a weapon. Makamu, in addition to an interception, 
showcased tackling and physicality that nobody saw coming when he was a draft prospect. His improvement since college has been a testament to the player development inside the organization. Both of these guys should make the roster, and if they do, it could be this game that put them over the top. Both Bell and Mukamu were in the top three for defensive snaps against L.A. Further showing, the coaching staff really likes both guys. And finally, number four, Jake Ferguson has earned his respect. The Cowboys let veteran Blake Jarwin walk in free agency. The incumbent starter there, Dalton Schultz, is in a major compact contract bind. Thus, drafting former Wisconsin Badger Jake Ferguson made a lot of sense, and it seems to be paying off even faster than they thought. Ferguson is making a big push to become the tight end two on the depth chart, and he put a huge step forward to that goal against the Chargers. He caught every single target that he has been thrown in the preseason. He looked really good. It seems to have a much higher ceiling than the current backup, Sean McKeon. Ferguson is a tough runner, reliable with a ball in his hands, polished, and a solid blocker. Keep in mind, all of this is true for him at just 23 years old and in his first season in the NFL. He looks like a great fit in the system already and has shown the Wisconsin toughness that all football coaches love. He has another game left to prove himself, but Ferguson looks like a legitimate option on offense for Dallas. And now we're going to dive back into the former USFL MVP. Last year, former TCU wide receiver Kevante Turpin was in the USFL trying to prove himself as a worthy and kick returner. He was hoping to earn a chance to play in the NFL, and that's exactly what he did. He led the USFL in receiving and was even named MVP of the league. The 26-year-old had 540 receiving yards, 300 yards after the catch, and the only kick return for a touchdown in the USFL. The performance certainly caught the attention of the Dallas Cowboys as the receiver revealed that they were the only team to reach out to him after his MVP season. Dallas needed wide receiver help and someone to take care of kick and punt returns with Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb getting much more involved in the offense. So Turpin was brought in for a workout. The 5'9", 155-pound player proved himself to be small, but mighty. The former MVP earned himself a three-year contract with Dallas. When Cowboys special teams coach John Fassel was asked about his new punt and kick return, the coach said he has huge aspirations for Turpin. The more he shows off and catches eye in practice, the more confident he gets. Even though many are counting on Turpin for his special teams work, Wednesday's practice against the Chargers was perhaps his best showing of camp as a receiver so far. Turpin helped convert a fourth down with an over-the-shoulder sideline catch from Cooper Rush. He was also being double-covered by the Chargers and managed to keep both feet in bounds. The 26-year-old knows he can play special teams, but he also wants to prove he can be an asset in the passing game. But it was a special teams play that got him big-time recognition in Saturday's preseason game against the Chargers. Turpin wasn't given much of a chance to show off during the first game against the Broncos, but he made the best of every opportunity he got in L.A. He showed off his quickness by bringing home not one, but two kick returns for touchdowns. 
The first was a kickoff return for 98 yards. The second was an 86-yard punt return. It certainly seems like the Cowboys plan on prioritizing his skill on special teams. But with the current state of the wide receiver group, he may just get some plays written up in Kellen Moore's playbook while the team is without Michael Gallup and James Washington. Now, we're going to dive into the final topic, which all Cowboys fans really don't want to admit. But we're not expected to go to the Super Bowl this year. And there are three things that are preventing us from winning a Super Bowl. No team has struggled to find some glory hole the way the Dallas Cowboys have since the mid-1990s. After winning three Super Bowls during that decade, they have been unable to get back into the NFC Championship game. And they're one of just two franchises that have failed to make it in that time frame. This year, they again look to make a run, and while they have some of the most important positions figured out, there are still some issues that will keep them from being real contenders for a title in 2022. So these are three things that will keep the Cowboys from winning a Super Bowl this year. Number three, reliance on the wrong players. Watching Hard Knocks on HBO last season was unnerving to say the least. When Prescott suffered a shoulder injury, Jones was trying everything he could to insert his opinion into the medical plan. Jones, who believes he has a greater football mind than he's shown, also has been ripped in the past for trying to play doctor, and we all got a first-hand glimpse of that. Unfortunately, playing operation with real-life patients isn't the only way Jones slows his team down. He also makes it known which players he wants to be featured on the field, and he usually ties into the ones making the most money. Take, for example, Zekia Elliott. While Pollard was easily the most explosive player in 2021, the Cowboys refused to play him more. There's a belief that Elliott will be better this year since he's recovered from a knee injury he played through during the last campaign. But the staff's unwillingness to rest him and play the more talented player is a prime example of how this team focuses on the wrong factors. Number two, the war of the trenches, the defensive line depth. Losing Randy Gregory was less than ideal, but the Cowboys might have actually been saved from a mistake there. While Gregory's a very talented pass rusher, he's also been injured often in his career and is already approaching 30, a player still considered a developing talent at that age, who has never had more than six sacks in a season, would have been a gamble at $14 million per season. Even with that being said, the Cowboys didn't do a great job replacing him. Dante Fowler Jr. has had his ups and downs, and rookie Sam Williams could be a good player down the road, but not might not make a huge impact as a rookie. Torrance Armstrong is there as well, and he could wind up being the starter across from Demarcus Lawrence. He's an underrated player, but doesn't offer the explosion Gregory did. What's worse is, despite the questions at defensive end, this isn't the real concern on the defensive line. Dallas is entering the season without much depth at all at defensive tackle. As it appears, Neville Gallimore and Osa will be the two starters with Carlos Watkins and rookie John Ridgway as the primary reserves. They do have Tristan Hill, but counting on him at this point feels like a mistake. The, the predicted starters do both have the tools to be a success, but Gallimore is coming off a season where he played just five games due to the injury. And while Osa started out strong, he faded near the end of the year. Despite the questions there, Dallas added a mere fifth-round pick to the group this offseason, meaning they're banking solely on players taking the next step in their development. It could work, 
but this position has been a weakness for so long that it would be nice to see them provide some insurance. And number one, the number one thing keeping the Cowboys from winning Super Bowl this year, the depth at offensive tackle. For a team that's had to rely on their swing tackle so often over the past six years, the Cowboys did very little to make sure they were covered in that department heading into 2022. Terrence Steele was an undrafted free agent in 2020, and Mike McCarthy had enough faith in him to place him in the role as a rookie. Steele struggled mightily as he replaced an injured Tyron Smith, but he was much better in 2021 when he had to replace Smith again, who missed six games, and Lael Collins, who was suspended for five. Dallas liked Steele enough to move on from Collins, making him the starter at right tackle heading into 2022. Perhaps he steps in and does well enough to replace Collins, but the real problem will be when Smith misses time. And considering he's missed at least three games in every season since 2016, it's a safe bet he will miss some starts this year. Behind their current starters, the Cowboys have no proven options. The top two players are Josh Ball, fourth-round pick from 2021, who missed his entire rookie season with an injury. And Matt Walletsko, a fifth-round pick from North Dakota, who just suffered an injury. Perhaps they will again find someone that can be developed the way they did with Steele. But remember, Steele was a major problem as a rookie. Expecting either of these inexperienced players to step in and immediately be starting caliber when called upon could wind up being a major issue for this team. Let us know your thoughts on the topics we covered in the comment section below. As always, please subscribe to the podcast on major podcast platforms, including Good Pods, and subscribe to the channel. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up if you like our video. Your support can help upgrade our equipment, uh, create more shows, bring in new hosts, be able to pay them. And if you'd like to financially support the channel, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash the big D. You can donate a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, however much you want. Your support is very much appreciated. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. This has been the Big D Breakdown with your host, Larry Lee. Thank you for listening and watching. Follow us on social media at Big D Breakdown on Twitter, Facebook, New Big D Breakdown, and on Instagram. Just search the Big D Breakdown. Thank you for joining us. See you next time.